0: we often look at life as having a beginning and an end we also often view ourselves as separate from all that is around us but what if we were everything around us what if we came from and were made from the exact same building blocks of the entire universe well that would change what we see as the beginning and the end welcome to dad can you hear me on this show We aim to push the boundaries of what we believe and why, and question if what we know of reality is nothing more than an illusion. Samad recently lost his father during the pandemic, which has led him to question the concepts of birth, death, the afterlife, and the meaning of our existence. We are excited to have you with us as we explore all the possibilities that are here right in front of us in this reality. This is the Dad Can You Hear Me podcast. Please welcome the hosts of the show, Samad, Evan,
1: and Daniel. What's going on, people? We're back. We're back, man. Another episode of Dad, Can You Hear Me, Man? Podcast talking about consciousness, spirituality, everything above, you know, inspired by my my pops, man. Um, Ev, what's going on, bro? What's
2: the word? What's the word?
1: Good to see you back, man. We You know, we took off for a little bit, but uh, we're back with another episode, and um, we definitely got a good, good interview today. We got my main man, Rashad, man. Rashad Fraser, my brother from Howard. Doing a lot of things, man, and we're definitely going to – I'm going to let him get into it, but just, uh, you know, what he's doing at Camp Yoshi and just, you know, what he's – yeah, You know you what? Know, I don't even want to even... You know what I'm saying? Rashad, just jump in, bro. Hey,
0: what up? What up? What up, what up family? What's up, y'all?
1: Yeah, man. Yo, so good. Rashad... Uh, dude, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: Nah, it's just good to be here, man. Honored to be here, man. Looking forward to shopping up with y'all, man. It's been long overdue, and uh, let's get into
1: it. No doubt. So, Rashad, man, bring, bring us to speed, man. Even though I know your story in regards to becoming a chef and camp Yoshi just bring us up to speed but in regards to the transformation aspect of each part will be you know is kind of important that i want the listeners to know man because this is definitely about evolving as you know and pushing the human race to the next level you know what i'm saying and i know what you've done that through cooking and each venture man so just tell us a little bit about you know how you got to this point but like those key p- pieces of how how you know your work has helped transform you and other people around you, bro.
0: I appreciate that, man. Yeah, hey, um, funny man, Tomah and I have been down since the Howard, but even it's my entrepreneurial endeavors, man. He's been there since day one. How even when I moved into the apartment in Jersey City at the Beacon, dude, I'm like, I know that voice from somewhere. <laughs> Where's the laugh coming from? <laughs>
3: like, <get> a- <laughs> like <get> what the fuck? <laughs> 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 <What's up?
0: laughs> that was like what ten years ago, but that kind of just shows how he and I've always kind of found a way back in each other's lives. But uh, but yeah, man, I um, I've always been a bit of a of a risk taker, entrepreneur, go getter in terms of just ideas. Um, you know, going to Howard, man, which was one of the biggest blessings in my life, and he's such amazing people like Samad, all of the folks who came to the Mecca. Shout out to HU. And you go there, man, you're around some of the most brilliant people in the world as far as just black talent, man. And you see it then. There's a lot of greatness in the air. But obviously, no one's thinking about, like, 10, 15 years down the road. But what's crazy about that is there's so many alumni doing big things when you were at Howard, when you're not at Howard. It's just a pipeline of talent, man. So I feel like a lot of my inspiration comes from folks who came before me, man. Um, When I left HU. I'm originally from North Carolina, went down to Charlotte, North Carolina for a while. My dad has a company down there. He's always been an entrepreneur. He's had a restaurant, security systems company, uh, real estate. I mean, he's pretty much my muse my entire life as far as just hustling, executing, You know, being focused, locked in, um, being hyper aware of what money can do for you in terms of investing, flipping it. So I've always had that part of my pedigree, but as think once I left Charlotte after college and went to New York City is when that um when that switch really got kinda of got flipped. Living in New York City, I was working in banking for a while, was meeting all types of people up in Harlem and Brooklyn, you know, folks with real money, real wealth, coming in the bank for loans and looking for cash and looking to build connections. And you hear these stories and it wasn't like intimidating, it was more so like, yeah, I can do it, I can, I can do this. I I can be you in five, six, seven, ten years. That was always my mindset, man, uh, no matter who I met or what I was engaged with as far as being at that time. Um, but yeah, for, before I got into food and cooking, I was working uh, in New York City, man, on the financial side around economic development. That was up in Harlem and Brooklyn. Um, when I was in New York, the restaurant scene in Harlem and Brooklyn was blowing up. So most of my clients were tours. So as far as my uh, evolution in becoming a chef, I wasn't making a lot of money at all. Uh, plus living in New York City, obviously expensive as hell. So being broke was something that was unfortunately common. Uh, especially, you know, going to Howard, you know, he's still trying to flex as a grown man. Hmm. In New York City reminds you very quickly how humble and how broke some of us can be, you know, living in that city. But, um, being one of these guys that have money, man, kind of inspired me to kind of just think about other ideas and ways to kind of, I can kind of build my wealth. And, um, food was one of those things. man. I had a guy, a good friend of mine, a good mentor. He was a restaurateur. He came in looking for some capital and I thought his numbers, his books were all kind of fudgy, man. I was like, you know, only dope dealers and money launderers make this kind of money in the food scene. What you doing, man? Like, you know, your numbers seem kind of odd. But he put me on to the power of catering and uh, corporate catering, retail catering and how white folks back then were buying like avocado toast for like 40 bucks a plate. I was like, damn. So that kind of got me into the food business, man. Just Figuring out go. I go, knew nothing about cooking. Took some YouTube videos. Was trying to impress my girl. So everything I wanted to make for clients, I it her first. And typically she was like, nah, on the front end. And eventually started saying yes. And the yes became more common. So I got my reps up in cooking for a good seven years. From like 2012 to maybe up until last year. That was my bread and butter, man. Yoshi Jenkins, doing Afro-Asian cuisine. Yeah, I spoke talking about chicken sandwich earlier, man. Chicken sandwich put me on the map. It was basically uh, Japanese-style fried chicken with some watermelon hot sauce and some brioche buns, and yeah, I thought it was something simple but just simple and delicious. But it took off uh, a lot of um, a lot of momentum, man. But things like that, kind of how my cooking style was, kind of really whimsical, quirky approach to it, but still was like you know quality ingredients uh, and lots of pop and packaging um, of the product. But that was my bread and butter for a long time, man. I mean, we based in Jersey City, you know, but most of our clients were in Manhattan and uh, Brooklyn and just rocked it out for a good seven years. Fast forward to 2020, March of last year, when we all know COVID hit, that is when pretty much Yoshi Jenkins, my food business, stopped all my accounts, all my clients overnight, shut it down because obviously COVID was, uh, people can't get together anymore, so... Why would they have the need for a catering company coming into the offices or spaces to do these really cool pop-up experiences? So basically, man, I was I was treading water, man, trying to figure out what to do next, man, you know, bleeding money. Um, I got staff, I got gear, I got insurance, I got real bills, and you get paid. And uh, I think that struggle, I think when you put it in a corner, man, that's when you kind of see your truest, your 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 most beautiful work. When I was in my corner, we cooked up Camp Yoshi. So I literally said, if no one's booking me for any more catering gigs, I'm going to close our doors and just say, put up a sign saying, go on camping. And we launched Camp Yoshi, which I'll, I don't know if you would dive into that now, but it's pretty much where we are where we're at now as far as the past year and a half. Yeah, it's
1: a beautiful thing, man. And uh, Before we even get into Camp Yoshi, man dropped a lot of gems on that one man. You know what I'm saying? For real? Let, let me ask you this man because this podcast like it, you know like you, everyone knows my pops passed. Um all three of us, you know what I'm saying? Evan that's my first cousin. His pops is my uncle. I know you and your pops is tight. The same you you know a father and a son and you know and you have a son, bro. You know what I'm saying? Unconditional love, man. And how do you Transform that relationship you have with your father and the son into your cooking, bro. Because cooking, there's there's a sense of unconditional love I see when chefs cook, man. That shit is love, bro.
2: Oh, absolutely. The food don't taste good when there's no love in it.
1: Exactly.
0: For sure. I mean, the number one ingredient in cooking, good cooking, should be love. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's. it's I think it all the time, man. Like when it comes to cooking, even professionally, even at your home, I mean, you know, it's ten percent cooking. You know, ninety percent people. People could be strangers; they could be loved ones. But you're making a meal for somebody, which I feel like is probably one of the most admirable, selfless things you can do: feed somebody. You know what I'm saying? I think the way my dad raised me and my siblings, he essentially was feeding us philosophies, principles, ethics, morale, confidence. You know, black black empowerment. Uh, masculinity you know the meal I feel like the mill's still not complete he's still doing it as a grown man in his 70s right? you know so I feel like the, the cooking is probably just one form of facet that I leverage to kind of keep some stability in my household I mean I want my son to kind of see me sitting down with his mom you know and his sister uh, doing a family meal I think things like that give um, that's how traditions are created I think that's how culture is created you know what I'm saying uh, whether what whatever he grows up to be, to be or pursue as an adult, my hope is that there some moments that he can always lean back on from his pops cooking, sitting at the table, uh, or even just giving him life lessons. Maybe around making some, egg, some some scrambled eggs in the morning before we go to school. He had a rough day the, the previous day. And I can see in his eyes he's kind of feeling down. But that little moment when he's looking to eat a good meal before he goes starts to starts his day, you can kind of tell this is the opportunity to kind of just. You know, get his confidence up. You know, kind of restore his energy. But yeah, I think food food is food is a powerful too, man. It's the ultimate um, mind apple, You know what I'm saying?
1: Right.
0: Um, I, I think it's where you kind of were going with that. As for that question,
1: no, totally. You know, what I mean, you, you you nailed it right on the you know on the head, man. Because it's like, like you said, food 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 connects. You know, us in so many different ways, man. And a lot of this, my premise with the show is. Try to you know try to show how how powerful connections are you know what I mean
2: Yeah no absolutely it is kind of amazing how like just like something as simple as a plate of food can can unite just a group of people um, and kind of like bring them all centered I think Sure you know what I'm saying like people of all races you know and coming from all places can all have like a conversation you know at like the dinner table on a Sunday that's that's what a plate of food can do. No, you know, there's a really, like, eerie spiritual scent.
1: No, sure. I mean, that, that shit, like, you hit it right on the nail, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Connecting, you know, like, on a Sunday, like Rashad was saying, sitting down with, with his son and his family, man. It's, like, it's ultimate love, man. I, I look back at my memories of me and my mother and father, you know, sitting down at the table mm-hmm. and just the process of seeing my mother cook, man, and just seeing, you know, because sometimes, man, you know, we get so conditioned in the program of the day and day. Yeah. We like we've, we we got to get disconnected to what love is, man. Yeah. And like you know, dad, can you hear me? It's like me showing the world that even though my dad's not in physical, the love between me and him is still there. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yo, rest in peace, Jamal's father, man.
1: Appreciate that. Appreciate that, man.
0: Yeah, uh, all- sure, man. I remember, like, state when you were pursuing, um. It's so funny, man. I feel like, first of all, congrats on the podcast, y'all, man. This, this is this is dope. We need more spaces like this. Black men speaking amongst themselves, uh, breaking bread, building each other up. And more importantly, my entrepreneurial pursuits, man. Like you've been there since day one, dog. <laughs> like even with your own ideas, you know what I'm saying? It's almost like yeah. still sharp and still, man. So I appreciate you offering another, another tool, another platform to continue to do that work.
1: Nah, man. We've been we've been rocking it. Me and Rashad both for the listeners, man. And talk about my dad, man. He knew everything you were doing, bro. He always would ask, man, because you know to see, you know, a young black entrepreneur or just anybody trying to get to it, man. In in a world that kind of conditions you to be fearful, man. You know what I mean? And not try things, you know what I'm saying? So, when, you know, when you when you see it, my dad always asked, yo, how's how's Rashad doing? You know, all the way to the point, oh, I, yo, dad, he's in Portland. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, oh wow, how was that? You know, yo, dad, he's figuring it out. My dad will always be like, yo, I love to hear that. You know what I mean? Because it's like, yeah, you know, like I said, we're kind of conditioned, man. Yeah, you know, like this, this, this spiritual run I'm on really puts things in order. There's, there's two, there's two uh, in this world. There's two approaches to life that you get from a kid It's either fear or love, mm. and the whole whole time in life you're trying. You're trying, you're moving towards any which one in the scale, you know what I mean? But the, the more you yeah. look the mo the more you move towards love, the more life like, like you know, law of attraction kind of brings you what you need. You know what I'm saying?
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: And and the more you yeah. move towards fear, you know, it's not fear's not the worst thing in the world, but more, more struggle, it's more lessons, it's more a little bit more confusion, you know what I mean?
2: It's it can definitely empower you, but at at times it can be a repellent for growth,
1: right? You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. You know because it's like, you know, innately we're confident people, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you have a kid, your kid, you know they 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 fall on the bike, they get back up. Yeah, but the condi- your mind conditions you to look outside itself. And find everything is flawed. And you all in the in the world is designed for that. Like, you know, there's there's so many institutions, structural things that's going against you, racism, sexism, you know what I mean? But like with all that being said and done, the more you operate in a sense of love, those things are there, but they can't like restrain you. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they're built out of fear.
0: Yeah, yeah. You
1: know what I mean?
0: That, that that. Yeah, dude. It's weird. I mean, I, you know, even though COVID has been a huge, huge, huge challenge for the world, especially for our community, man, there's been some silver lines there that I think have kind of taught us all to figure out how to love ourselves better, right. how to focus on ourselves, you know what I'm saying? How to reinvest in ourselves, that these these ideas of jobs and nine to fives and career paths that don't make us happy. You know, you need to do the opposite and focus on things to do that. Hmm. I think that's one of the most beautiful things I've seen lately, man. Hearing a lot of my friends and folks and family just kind of, like you said, find love—not just for others, but for
1: themselves. Because if you don't love yourself, how can you love anyone else? Facts,
2: mm-hmm. facts. Exactly. You wouldn't even know what it looks like.
1: Because that's really I, yeah, you know. Because you know, when it, when all the smoke clears, man, that's all you really have is yourself, bro. You know, you can't yeah. in this world. You born Fact. born alone, die alone, bro. But but you're never really alone, man. You always have love. You always have your family, and even through death, like there's angels on the other side. You know what I mean? There's there's always support in this world, bro. You need you you need a small business loan. Hmm. They got a black, they They got you know. If you qualify, you get the loan, bro. Like I'm in a state of mind. Like there's never a lack, bro.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think those PPPs are up, but I definitely hear what you're saying. Yeah,
1: like, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think they did run out, but, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you always, there's always some type of help somewhere, bro. Even, like Rashad was saying, when, you know, it's COVID and it's looking, and, and, and it's a dark time, bro. There's always a silver lining. And that brings us to our next thing, bro. Like, what you're doing with Camp Yoshi, because, you know, nature is spirituality, bro. And, like, you know, I want you to talk about that. Because even me, bro, I, I went camping when I was young, but I ain't going to hold you, bro. I, I I, was, you know, I'm a Jersey dude, been around. I wanted to see where the hotels was at. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when I was little, it took me to the tag. You know, when I went to private school, whatever, we went camping, I was like, mosquitoes? Man, where's the pool at? You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? But, like, as you get older, man, and you try to get centered, man, it's like... You realize how disconnected we were from nature and how much that's cr- creating our own misery, man. Because how could you be disconnected to something that's so part of you? You know what I'm saying?
0: Oh, fact, bro. I mean, think about the man. I mean, I didn't even get super deep, but um, you think about, like, uh, genetic memory. You know what I'm saying? What are black folks? What, what is the black to ask? What is the African to and known for? We were nomadic people. We were outdoors people. We were agricultural people. We were people... Right. They respect the land, it's like out the land, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's something that really happens when you get outside, man. You can't really articulate it, but something's happening. And I think your body's getting reminded of what it used to be, you know? And, um, you know, look, I grew up in Charlotte, but obviously as a kid, I went outside and camped a lot. And my my folks, my dad was really big in that. Um, but I didn't really get the access to where we are now as a kid. I was, you know, growing up in Charlotte, I was in D.C. every summer. Or in New York, visiting their family up in Harlem. And my idea to get outside was like you just said, my like, yeah, you know, where's the hotel at? Where's the pool? Uh, I did go camping with my family or um, something uh, outside of Charlotte. We had a little lake house 20, 30 minutes from the crib. It wasn't so far off the beaten path, of that we felt like it was, you know, us being lost out in the, in the wilderness, you know? So still, we have, to, still have some creature comforts. But yeah, man, natural healing spaces, dog, like, we need more of that, man. I'm not saying people need to have their own form of specific type of therapy, but I do think we all need to have access to natural healing spaces, which to me is the outdoors.
1: It's true, man. I mean, yo, you you definitely hit a nail with this one, man, because when I look at Eastern cultures and spirituality, nature's all a part of the process. It's actually... Yeah. Actually, God is... Is nature, like, you know, you look at Taoism yeah. and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, no, like, for sure, like a a calm mind looks like nature. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know I mean? I'm right now down, dog. Yeah, man, joke. <laughs> yeah, man, like that's what they feel like in like some of the Asian cultures. Like hmm. to self master, your mind is a direct mirror of, of nature.
2: I mean, I, I would imagine so. you know, if you could get your mind as peaceful as the beaches or as peaceful right. as the rainforest is, you'll really reach peace. I thought it was really dope that you were talking about um like African history um and like yeah. kind of finding some like analogy to to that and in kambioshi. like it's interesting when you, when you think about African history and know that we were kind of stripped from that, and like here we are now, and I think sometimes our people like. Seek catharsis and materialism and where the bottles at and shit and like you don't even realize that you can find inner peace if you just like you know take a twenty minute drive and like sit near a waterfall and take a deep breath and just like really look at what matters to you. That's just like ends
0: up meaning a whole lot more to you.
1: Facts, not facts.
0: You know, (laughs) look, man. I love a great vacation. I love amenities. I love, you know, uh, bottle service. I love an amazing cocktails. Me too. But what <laughs> <Right, right>. I, <laughs> I love more is this silence, quiet, you know, um, peace of mind, and uh, you know, being able to disconnect. Um, it's funny how you know we're all old enough to kind of remember when we all it was analog. We had the phone. If you did have internet, it was like dial up, but it was it wasn't what it is now, obviously. So it's kind of funny that um now there's so much access to technology and internet and like online access, you can't turn it off. Right, yeah. You can't turn it off. You know what I'm saying? Whether whether your thing is I don't know, watching ESPN or watching Pornhub, you can't turn it off.
3: Right. Right.
0: You know, you can't turn it off. So I feel like camping isn't isn't so much that we going out and kicking it in nature. I think it's more so about us being able to have a place where we can actually really turn it off. There's no signal. There's no cell service. Even if you brought your phone out here, you can't talk to anybody. You got to focus on having a one on one conversation, and having eye contact with somebody in front of you. You know, that, that to me is powerful, especially for a lot of our kids who book who are like in their 30s, those like really young millennials.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, people lose sight of that because we don't even realize that that's what we used to do. You know, there there was a time when there were no phones and you had to just talk to each other and, like, we didn't have anything else to distract us. Like, it's not nearly as impossible as people think.
1: No, it's true, man. I mean, you know, it's like you said, man. It's like silence. I mean, like you said, I think, you know, we're living in the age of information and I think it is a good thing and it's pushing it's pushing us as a as a society and a world to be a little bit more smarter a little bit more opportunities so overall but like you hit it on a nail man it's so much information there isn't time to disconnect and then what happens is a lot of people get lost in all that noise yeah they don't really know who they are man like you know what i mean you start to become like a robot you know what i mean playing it Literally like playing, you know, lost in a video game. Social media could be like a video game, you know? <laughs> like, you know, and you're the you're a character in the video game. Except
2: you never win.
1: Right. You never win. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause it's like, yo, it's right. Like you're trying to get likes and clout and this person and you know, and that's the illest thing about social media. And I actually respect it because it shows you whatever your desire is, it's never fulfilled. Like, I used to think, oh, yo, when he was young, we went to how? Oh, I'm going to get, you know, dudes, I'm going to get the baddest chick. Hmm. So it's like, yo, dudes will go to the club and, you know, Rashad, whoever, oh, yo, you got her? And, you know, that guy is put on a pedestal. Social media comes around. Instagram says, well, what's the baddest chick? I'm going to keep sending you vixen behind vixen behind vixen. Infinitely. Infinitely. It does not stop. So you know what now? It forces people to, like, What's what's a bad chick? now it's about okay, yeah, I like a bad chick, but I actually want to know it for her. Like it's it 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 involves you, bro, cause it's like it's so much noise. What 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 had Cloud or what was some type of currency before lost its value? Hmm. So the only value now is to be like Rashad said, in the go disconnect, be have a one on one connection, you know what I'm saying? Conversation in Find some type of stillness, bro.
0: Yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah. no, I man, we have no choice, man. Like um, I mean, I'm 40, man. We guys are all about the same age, I'm sure. And I think having kids and you know, the wife, man, and all different endeavors. I I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but for me, getting outside, or I came, to, or how I came to fall in love with getting outside as an adult, was fucking like made me a better man, a better husband, a better father. You know. Hmm. Um get out to these spaces, I get to recharge my batteries, kind of think through all the things that happened in the past week, transgressions, winds, you know, champ- like all the winds, all the successes, you can think about all that type of stuff, man. And they come back, fucking recharge, you know? But when I don't get a chance to do that, I get anxious, I get short, uh, my attention span shortens. Uh, so that's what, that's what nature does for me, man. That's why Camp Yoshi was kind of a,
1: yeah, basically uh in regards so basically t- walk us through the whole booking process.
0: So the booking process for Camp Yoshi. Is that the question? Yep. So basically uh our trips are 10 and 12 Campers Max. Uh we basically cook up a location or a route we want to go to, place you want to visit, place we want to take y'all. And what happens is you go to our website, campyoshi.com, and uh sorry my daughter's in the background doing what she does. You go to uh All of our trips are displayed in a grid of where you want to go. So if you feeling like going to, you know, the canyon country, the canyon, canyons of Utah, we can go there. You're looking about going to northern Arizona, around Lake Powell, we can go there. Well, all these places are available for someone to book. Um, our 2022 trips will be up actually in the next few weeks and not sooner. But, yeah, you go online, you book a spot. Uh, our trips begin at the price point of $2,800. That basically means you drop one fee and everything is included. You just literally physically show up. You fly in. Uh, we pick you up, take you out for a four-day adventure, three nights, four days. Put all the provisions, all the gear, all the vehicles, all the liquor, all the cocktails, all the chef-prepared meals by me and my team are all included. You literally just show up with a sleeping bag and a sleeping pad. And the thought process is if we can remove all the barriers for our folks to get outside at a high level. When I say high level, taking them further than they've ever gone before to places they never even knew they they existed is basically the model. So, you know, you you book online with us. uh, How it works is you put down a deposit. Typically we require 500 bucks up front to hold your spot. Um, And then two months prior to our trip departure date, you pay the remaining balance. You can pay the whole thing soon if you want. But it's pretty much you paying one fee to show up for a four-day adventure of a lifetime. These are trips that are pretty much coined as bucket list adventures. Things you might do once in your life. If you find it something rewarding and and rejuvenating for yourself, hopefully you can come more often. You know, once a year, more than once. But um, that's in a nutshell, man. You go online, you pick the trip you want to go on, and that's that's pretty much it.
1: Oh wow, that's 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 nice, man. Wow. It's thorough, man. Yeah, it's
0: pretty, it's pretty yeah. dope, man. It's um, it's a. Uh, I think for a lot of us, man, we we have the means to go outside and go camping. But I think the problem sometimes is most folks don't really know where to start. They don't know what to buy, what gear to get, where to go. Is it safe? Uh, should I be worrying about some crazy white folks out there ready to get me? You know, be calling mom, man. I get what I'm saying, like. Look, even though I grew up down south and having parents who got me outside a lot, they had rules too about, hey, don't you go beyond that tree line. Right. Because right, there's some right. white folks over there, you know, or some, there's some folks over there that ain't going to really be too kind to you. Right, right. You know, right. or my own dead stories about growing up in the Carolinas in the 50s and 60s and, you know, saying how grateful he was if he, his family was able to drive up to D.C. about getting pulled over by some white police officer. Right. right. You know?
1: So like, do you do you have to do you have to like uh, kind of put those those stories, those you know camps, you know crazy stories to to rest before people come? Is that how you how you work? Like like kind of like calm their fears?
0: Yeah, I think so. I I think I think look, man. I think we all know the story of you can't. It's hard to be something or pursue something when you don't see yourself in those spaces. And I think with Camp Yoshi our visuals, our storytelling, our uh films, it's all there to kind of be uh, it's a counter it counters those narratives we've all been conditioned with. You all mentioned conditioning earlier. Well I think we can have counter conditioning measures in place as well to kinda of help push against whatever anxiety or fears or legacy you might be carrying. Um but yeah people ask those questions like, Hey man, I'm worried about where we're going it's gonna be some crazy folks. The good news is all the spots we're going to, we've already kind of pre-vetted. You know, okay. we've already done a hundred times ourselves. Uh, we aren't taking anybody anywhere we've never been before um, or have, haven't have had time to kind of at least still hang out and vet it. Um, the other play here, too, y'all, is I want to get the allies and people who support us in these, in these places, mostly white folks, to have conversations with like real black folks, you know, people, from people, people who I grew up with, my folks, my, 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 you know, like real black folks. And I think that doesn't really happen unless there's some type of bridge there. And that bridge is kind of Camp Yoshi, you know, a lot of the provisions and gear that we carry. It's from some of the most amazing allies in the country between vehicle, you know, Jeep shops to guys who have like wild game from bison burgers to elk. These are all people we kind of work with to kind of put together an experience for 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 our customer. So, I think in a lot of ways, man, like that kind of helps demystify being in these spaces. You know what I'm saying? If that makes any sense, to y'all? Like, uh, no,
2: definitely, definitely. That that's fully. gonna make people feel a lot safer. You know?
0: Yeah, you know, like you said earlier, like a good meal goes a long way. If I can talk, if I can have the guy who made the the prime rib we're cooking come out there to the campsite and talk about the dish and hit how he he prepped it, what the cow ate—that kind of that that disarms everybody. Like, oh, okay, this this white boy's pretty cool, right? You right, you know, right. It makes a mean steak, right? <laughs> like, he's definitely I mean, not going to bring us back. I mean, you
1: know what? <laughs> At the end of the day, it's kind of like the uh, like I said, unconditional love, man. When people, yeah. when you, when you can get past the construct of what that person is physically—he's black, he's white, he's. He's a, you know, she's a woman, like, right. you know, the conditioning, and, and, and it has a place, but like when it gets to the part where you could disarm people and make them focus on the connection, you know, like the food or how it's prepared and how it makes them feel of the experience, this is how we integrate, you see what I'm saying? Because we like every person, depending on how you grew up, has conditioning, genetics, Experience of how they've come to see the world they see, and you yeah. can't, you can't, you can't remove that. Like I'm a black man from New Jersey, my family's from the South. Like that is a part of me. You know what I'm saying? Right. But like I can push my mind to see to ra- raise my consciousness to a level where I can see outside of my own experience and know that you know what's connected me to the you know what's connected me to Rashad and Evan right now. You know what I'm saying? Because I can always find what's the differences. Rashad's from North Carolina. Evan's from Rhode Island. You know what I'm saying? I I, I I like Gucci sneakers. They don't. You know what I mean? Like, you can always, you know what I'm saying? You can always do that. That shit is, like, easy. But, like, to put people in, like, spaces and, like you said, that's that's not really familiar and put people that they wouldn't necessarily link with and they all come out, like, ha- having a connection, that's powerful. through like, a medium, which is food.
0: No, I can't agree with y'all more. It's, um, you know, look, we're obviously going camping, but for the non-camper or for the hesitant camper who's worried about the location and safety, it is remarkable what a really good cocktail, an amazing meal, and a campfire will do to anybody's psychology who might be concerned. Yeah. You know, once, you're, once your belly's full and you're warm, Nothing else really matters. <laughs>
1: right, right, right. I'm, su- I mean, I'm sure you guys probably have some music out there too, right?
0: Oh, of course, man. I mean, honestly, that's, that's, that is the Camp Yoshi experience, man, in terms of dif- dif- differentiation. You know, our menu, the drink, the vibe, and the music, the soundtrack. I mean, I would, yo, like it was yesterday, My, I remember this moment where our first trip, Ronjay was out there, Lou, all those guys, we're sitting around the campfire, and what comes on is freaking Smith and Wesson, followed by Black Moon, followed by MC8. I mean, it was just a beautiful mix of soundtrack, man.
1: Oh, and oh, yeah,
0: I was that we we're in the middle of nowhere. The stars are bright as hell. The closest town was like eighty miles away. Oh wow! I mean, it was just a vibe, and you just see a bunch of dudes, you know, black and brown folks. 13, 14 deep Around a campfire Just bobbing their head You know Quoting lyrics It is a powerful thing man But that doesn't typically happen With some of our uh, Some of our other peers Who are out here Offering camping adventures You know It's just kind of like It's kind of flat Or it doesn't really speak To our shared experience
1: Right, right, right You so, know so we, we, we bringing the drip A little bit man To something. Yeah, yeah
0: he's, he's
2: making it like Accessible Which is pretty ill right. Like adding in like like you said for the non campers you can you can bring in people who might not necessarily be as comfortable you know you play some some good jams and shit and bring out that japanese fried chicken and shit like <laughs>
0: everybody
1: <laughs> go everybody's
0: good everybody's good bro page. yo preach. i mean think about it man i don't know if you had this experience but i used to get shipped off every summer as a kid up up north to see my family oh, shit. in my country ass not really knowing much you know uh besides my auntie and my cousin, I would get introduced to their folks and their friends and their network. I always be the oddball. You know, mm. I got the I got the different accent. You know, I'm probably walking, I'm probably rocking something they ain't never familiar with as far as wardrobe. Right, 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 and right. So a lot of times, to make me feel comfortable, what would they do? Can I get you something to drink? Can I get you something? Are you are you comfortable? You know, like, I feel like it's the same approach that you would do for anybody visiting your house as a stranger. Right. You know, Right. Make them feel at home, and 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 for us, our home is where you pitch our tent.
2: Yeah,
1: and that and that's and that's ill because, you know, the uh, pandemic came and it made everybody kind of readjust what home is, man. Yeah, preach it. You know what I mean? Like, Pre- you know what I mean? Home is where the heart is. Home is where the heart is, man. You know what I mean? Exactly. Home is where the heart is. Home is. And the heart can lead you in different directions. It can lead you outside. It can lead you, you know, I know it led me back to a place of stillness of, you know, what matters, man, and, like, led me back to, like, my family, bro. Like, I think I was ripping – I've been ripping and running for years, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, trying to run that race, man, whatever that race is. Like, and I'm only running – that race is not even real because I'm not even – I'm running – against myself you know what
2: I mean yeah 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 nah, I definitely know what you mean you, you're almost like running from something instead of running to something
1: exactly
0: Sure. dude preach that's I mean that's unfortunately man I feel like that's a lot of us man like I you know we don't do this I was thinking about what it would be to do this podcast out, out in the middle of nowhere on a trip um, <laughs> like can you imagine y'all sitting in the desert looking at the stars and we're just having the same conversation drinking some whiskey Yo
1: that oh, that would be short. Sure. Yo just bro. just
2: bring that Japanese fried chicken, man. I'll be there. <laughs> Shit.
1: Yo that no. that would be so ill, bro, because it's like at that point, man, not to get too spiritual, but you know, when you're looking up at the stars and you're drinking whiskey and there's nothing else, no no concern, you know, in the spiritual community, man, Dr. Joe Dispenza, man. He's like a high spiritual uh teacher, man. He says, "Yeah. You can't really Become yourself until you experience complete nothingness. Oof. You know what I mean? Oof,
3: oof, Because oof.
1: he says the real you is nothing.
3: Yeah. You know yeah. what I
1: mean? Like you came into this world, clean slate.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, you know, and in time you leave Earth, there's nothing out there, there's nothing in space, bro.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Reach.
1: So it's kind of like. Reach. Getting back out there, like you said, looking at the stars. I mean, it sounds boring, but like that is that is the highest form of living, though. It is. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I mean, like, like, like Rashad was saying earlier. I still want to hit Vegas and hit my resorts, and you know, you still got to live your life and, and, and enjoy it to the fullest. But like Rashad is saying, man, getting out there looking at the stars, man. Like, you know, if you can't do that, man, then just you're not fully. Connecting with yourself, you know what
2: I mean yeah you don't you don't even realize that like ironically, that's what we all aspire to in the first place, like this whole rat race of wealth is so you can have some time to sit you know what I'm saying on a log and stare at the stars and not have to worry about shit, like that's ideally the the highest and like optimum peace for for everybody
0: really i mean what's 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 unfortunate too is this has been our white brothers and sisters playground this has been their 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 escapes this has been their privilege you know they've had a they've had decades and decades and decades of a head start on us as far as getting back to these spaces and having access to these spaces you know and uh, the more we get out into these areas and you meet these folks amazing brilliant people but you also realize like damn like they were out here when it was like nothingness when it truly was like 1000% 1000% a healing space. Now, even though we're kind of getting in there in 2021 with our trips, you know, a lot of these spaces have somewhat not been respected or treated properly. And so we're kind of getting an abused version of something that should never got never gotten abused. Yeah.
1: Sure.
0: And that's kind of a deep conversation too because it's it's unfortunately for us, man, we we tend to uh get out, get opportunities after somebody else has not treated it properly. And I think the cool thing about the, what the, the positive side of that is, I think Camp Yoshi is creating a pipeline of Black folks who are becoming environmentalists. I think when you come out to these spaces and you see what it means to protect them and enjoy them and have silence and experience nothingness, you become more of an advocate for why these areas are so precious. You become an advocate for you know, supporting native Americans and their, um, their campaigns and work towards, you know, sovereignty and uh, equity, you know? So it's, it's powerful, man. It goes beyond just, you know, the, the, the benefits of yourself, but more importantly, I think it, it I think it builds more community, man. You know?
1: No doubt, man. That's really what, what it comes down to, man. Community. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah. Is, is what we're here for, man. Like, in, you know, and, the more we can build community, the better. You know what I'm saying? Facts.
0: I couldn't agree with you more, man. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, we're get we're gearing up, man, for a big 2022 launch. We're gonna launch uh, 20 trips next year. This year we only did five trips. I think we intentionally held back from offering more trips because we didn't. We wanted to figure out what this what this what this product was first. You know what I'm saying? It'd be easy to kind of go out there and pack out all these spaces with people, but that's not our belief. We want to keep it small. We want to keep it light. We want to keep it nimble. We want to keep it, um, respectful. So I think this year was us kind of figuring out what that looks like. And then next year, um, still keep the trip small, but offering more trips because right now we have a pretty abundant wait list. And, um, put it this way, we'll be booked out for the next three years. Said, that's how, that's how crazy the wait list is. That's
1: huge, man. Shout out to yeah. you, man. And, all, all that you've got done, man. This is amazing, bro. Like, I'm really proud of you, bro. Like, you know what I mean. And keep the momentum going, man. Keep, keep, keep God with you, bro. Like, as I can see, man. You, you got a, you, you got a good luck. You got some good, you know. Not to say you're not a hard worker and you're ambitious and you're, you're a visionary, but you got some luck with you, bro. Sure. Like, you know, yeah. the, the universe is definitely, definitely sees what you're doing, man. And, you know. You know what I mean? Cause that's another thing with this podcast and what I want to get to my, our people, man. And you know, my grandmother and people, you know, came up under, even though they came up in like religion and church. And I think we don't need to rely on religion and church at this point, but like, you know, getting back to the universe and like, like you say, nature and God and learning how to count your blessings, you know, cause sometimes we get the narrative We'll just work hard and hustle, hustle, hustle. And that's, that's part of it you know what i'm saying yeah I, I believe in that you know what I mean being consistent and you know building your team but man like if you don't acknowledge the blessings the universe gives you then you you're really just doing this alone you know what i mean and and i, I, I you know what i'm saying like you're separ- you, you're operating you know aside from you know what i mean like yeah you got you gotta you know you gotta know when the universe has your back you know what i mean
0: I appreciate you saying that, man. And I do. Absolutely, man. I feel like all my endeavors, man, he's been watching out for me from day one, man. Cause I've made a, dude, I'll tell you a funny story real quick, man. My first, my first big gig in New York city as a chef doing a catering gig was for a brunch party doing a, uh, it was for a brunch party on a, on a, on a, on a cruise boat that was circling around the East river and the Hudson. And I ain't have no insurance, bro. I ain't have nothing. I literally just showed up, ready to cook, because obviously I had passion and hustle. Mm. And the party's going great. It was like a soul food dinner. Shrimp and grits was the main dish in the menu. Upstairs, folks was up there doing a two-step, you know, jamming, rocking. This is a midnight brunch cruise, so it went from like twelve to four a.m. About three a.m. towards the cruise, man, I had to go upstairs and give like a little speech on behalf of the client in terms of the menu and being thankful and whatnot. And midway through my speech, man, the boat got hit by a rogue wave. I mean, the wave had to be huge. The boat was massive, and that joint rocked. All the catering stuff on the table. sits fell over. People collapsed. As I'm getting up from the ground trying to help people up, I hear this wailing scream coming from the kitchen downstairs. I'm like, oh, Lord, somebody fell. Somebody slipped. One of my sous chefs, a big old 10-gallon pot of hot-ass grits fell on top of her. Oh, shit dog. I'm talking about burns, like three-degree burns. Man. The freaking uh, the freaking uh, boat NYPD patrol had to come out there. They had a helicopter flying around. And I mean, literally, we had to get escorted back to you know to the pier. I'm thinking like, yeah, they about to lock my black ass up, man. I ain't got no insurance. I got nothing. <laughs> and long and behold, the captain of the boat came from the freaking Back behind the boat in handcuffs, wow! escorted by two police officers. And I found out this dude had like five warrants for his arrest. Jeez. And they pretty much said that his boat was like, I guess, whatever permits he needed to have, licenses. They were all like, you know, old and dated. So he pretty much, I don't know if this guy, I mean, I felt bad for the guy. But literally, I was about to get locked up myself, man. So the fact I walked away from that shit unscathed, um, I took care of my uh, employee. But beyond that, that could have went left real quick.
1: Shit. No doubt, man. Thanks. But yeah, That's an interesting story, man. Yeah. But like you U- said. The universe helped,
2: definitely held it down.
1: But, but, the, <laughs> but the, the universe had your back, man. And I'm sure it's going to continue, man. But uh, yo, bro, it's been a pleasure talking to you, man. Just Absolutely. Before we end this, man, can you just tell people how they can reach you, bro?
0: Yo, check us out, man. This is Rashad from Camp Yoshi. You can find us online at campyoshi.com, www.campyoshi.com. On Instagram, we're at camp.yoshi. Show us some love. Subscribe to our news, uh, uh, our subscription list. A lot of people get a lot of perks from that. So, definitely give us some love.
1: Appreciate you, brother, man. Um, it was dope, man, and much success, man. We will, me and you will chop it up again, man. So, uh, it's another episode of Dad Can You Hear Me, and uh, we out.
2: Peace. Peace.